Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I know I'm, I'm here tonight. I'm excited to be here. And you know what? I, I was hearing Jesse say, you know, sometimes we get tired, and, and, and it is a Wednesday night, and people get tired. But you know what? We aren't supposed to get tired. Hallelujah. Man, I turned around to my niece and nephew, Josh and Elena, from our home church. Welcome. We want to welcome you guys out tonight anyway. They're here, amen, visiting us. But uh, I turned around to her. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I turned around and I said, we were born in this, amen. We were born tired. Hallelujah. But uh, that's what it's all about, amen. We just continue to populate heaven and plunder hell, amen. And I can tell you all are on board. Praise God, amen. I want to minister for just a few moments uh, this evening. And uh, if you have your Bibles, how many brought their Bibles tonight? Let me see them. Pastor says, let's see those Bibles, amen. Praise God. We got our Bibles tonight. Um, Pastor is going to be, him and Carla, uh, they're, they're out of town uh, for just a day or so, a couple days. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. But anyways, it's, uh, they're out of town right now. They'll be back. He'll be back on Sunday, amen, for sure. He's excited to be back. He's going to be ministering what he said he was going to minister on, Jesus plus nothing, amen. And so how many want to know, you know, give me Jesus and nothing else, amen? And uh, be prepared for that on Sunday. He's going to minister a word that the Lord has put on his heart, and I'm excited for that. Hallelujah, amen? How many first-time visitors do we have in this place tonight? Just lift your hand up if you would. I mean, amen, we see several here. Praise God, about four or five first-time visitors. We'd like to welcome you out, amen? And uh, I'll tell you, if you come to church here two or three times, we call you a member here, amen? Praise God. We just love to have you, and thank you for being here. Uh, if you can tell, we, we love the Lord in this place, amen? We are just striving to serve God and to get our life in order with the things of God. Hallelujah. Break the strongholds. How many know that strongholds are important, amen? I'm not going to minister on strongholds. I promise you that. I've already preached on that a couple months back, but I want to minister a word this evening, and I'm going to title it, God's Word is Living and It is Powerful. Amen. His word is powerful. We were, we were singing that song tonight, and I just took a little quick picture about it, a picture of it. And it says, at the very end of there, it says, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things that I've made it when it's all about you. And I got to thinking that if I would have thought of that song as I was preparing this, I might have titled my message that because, you know what? I am sorry, Lord, that I've made the things that I have made them to be. You know, because I need to understand in my walk with God that it's not just about me, but, Lord, it's about you. And when I can trust in you, Lord, I can, I can just have faith that everything's going to be all right. Even when I'm in the struggle and even when I'm, I'm pressing in and I'm fighting and I feel like a failure, I feel like I'm, I'm just struggling and about to lose the battle, I need to know, and you need to know tonight, that you are, if you're on God's side, that God, He is with you. And if He's with you, hallelujah, no one can, can harm you, hallelujah. Amen. Nothing can happen to you as long as you trust in Him. And I know that's a big message, and I want to minister on that tonight to encourage every one of us tonight, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. It's a passage of Scripture you know, it says here, it says that, he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound. I got to get my glasses. You guys, you guys are messing with me here. I see a few of you looking at me. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed 
in heaven. Amen? So, you know, this is a very important uh, passage of Scripture, and I like it. It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you, if you understand what this word keys means, amen, there's a key in your life, you have a key to your house, you have a key to your car, you have a key to your lockbox, a key to your safe, and I can go on and on and on. When you go to work in the morning, if you work in the fast food industry, you wait for someone to show up with a key before you can access the building, amen? Even in church, we wait for someone to show up to open the doors. The key, it grants us a, 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 an entrance and access to the place. Amen? The Bible says that the Word of God is, a, is living and it is powerful. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and it's there and it says, For the Word of God, it says, having, or, 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 is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of souls and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is what the Word of God is for us. That means that the Word of God goes before us and His promises are already there. They're still alive. They're not dead. Amen? So no matter what trial you're in today, no matter what circumstances that you are facing today, we need to know that this very Scripture for the Word of God is living and it is powerful. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, I know I'm standing up here acting like everything's just all right all the time. But I tell you, this, some of the best preachers in the world are, are those who are struggling and those who are going through trials of their own in their own life. Amen? A lot of times uh, people look up to a pastor as, as you know, he's, uh, he's this holy man and he's the greatest thing ever walked the face of the earth. But you know what we're doing is we're striving for righteousness in our life. We put God first in everything that we do. We pray, we wake up, and we have a disciplined life. And, you know, it, it, just, it doesn't just come overnight. It's not something that you just wake up all of a sudden and now you're, you're, the, you're the greatest man or woman of God because you gave your life to Jesus. Yes, when you give your life to him, you become his child, absolutely. And we become his child, but, but, it, but there's, a, there's a process on our end that we have to really work hard on. And for some of us, uh, it, it, we have to work a little extra hard. Amen? How many can be with me in that family? Amen? I've, I've, I've taken a few hard knocks in my life. Amen? But, but I thank God for every single one of them because I, I trusted in God. And I realized that it wasn't because of my strength or my power, but it was because of His. Hallelujah. Amen? So the Bible says that the Word of God is living and powerful. And in this message this evening, uh, we're going to see that God's Word is not only something that we need to read and something that we need to study in our lives to, uh, to, to approve ourselves, to make ourselves worthy in the kingdom of God, but it must be proclaimed and it must be spoken from our very own lips. You see, we can't just get a gift, the greatest gift in the world, and hold it for ourselves. Because salvation is free, and when we get it, uh, and when we become a child of God, uh, he says, I want you to open up your mouth, no matter what it is, and tell somebody how good I am. Amen. You know, that's just a powerful understanding if we would just get it, amen? Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe uh, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many want a prosperous life? 
Amen. How many want to know that, that, that no matter when the bills are due and, and when that rent is due and, you know, there's just no money in the account to pay for it, to know that God some way is going to come through and provide for that need. Amen. I want you guys to know, Andy, let me tell you the truth. All of us in this place, we go through days that, that it's, it's, it, we're trusting in God just like you are. And there's nothing greater in the world when God comes through and says, look, son, my daughter, I got you. Hallelujah. Don't you worry about it. Be faithful in the little things and God will bless you. Hallelujah. He'll provide for you. Amen. What God says about his own word. He says it's living and it's powerful, as we read in Hebrews 4.12. But then we jump over to John 6, verse 63, chapter 6, verse 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. And the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. This is a very powerful scripture. If we could just understand it, that it's the spirit who gives life. Amen. So the Bible's not just mere words. It's not just a book that's written. It is divinely inspired and it's full of, 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 of life. Amen. It's full of the very life and power of God. The life that Jesus lived, it helps us to understand and explain what he had gone through in his own life. And God, he breaks it down for us and shows it to us perfectly. When we proclaim his word, it has the power to bring life. I said when we proclaim his word, it gives power, hallelujah, to bring life. It brings power for healing and for lives to be changed. Glory to God. Listen, it doesn't have to be a theological uh, answer that you have to give to somebody, but, but speaking life into them. Basically telling somebody that Jesus loves them or encouraging somebody that, you know, there's hope. Uh, and if you'll just trust God. You know, as a pastor, there's no harder thing in the world but to go into a hospital and pray for somebody. Because you, you, you go in there uh, as, as their pastor, you go in there as a, a friend, a loved one, somebody that, that you know, and you know, you're going in there with trust, and you're going in there, God, I'm going in to pray for these people, and I'm telling you, so, in Phoenix, when I pastored in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm going to tell you something, the last three people I prayed for in Phoenix, they died like that, while I was in the room. And you know, that's, that's a challenge to your faith. Because all of a sudden, I mean, you know, you, know you, you think I'm going to go in there, I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to cast the devil out to, and that person's going to get up and we're going to pull those little things out of their bodies and, and we're going to just, uh, you know, see a miracle and God's going to do this. And I'll tell you what, the day comes you go in there and, and that machine just goes, bleep, and you're just like, oh, Lord, what am I doing? God, what are you doing in me? Lord, am I worthy? But you know, when we go into those hospitals, when, when those loved ones call us and say, listen, my loved one is in the hospital, they're suffering, uh, they're sick in their bodies, uh, and they're dying, uh, I, we need you to come and pray. You know, we don't go in and say, well, Lord, I know the last person I prayed for died, and so I'm not really sure I'm going to do it. Isn't that right, Pastor Josh? It, it, it's just, it, you know, the devil, will, well, he's real. He'll he try to lie to you. Maybe you ought to call your pastor and have him go and pray. Maybe you got to call somebody in from the corporate office or, you know, let's call Pastor Paul or somebody else that can come in and really pray. 
The devil begins to beat you down. The devil begins to, 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 to make you feel so unworthy until you realize that because you are a child of God, because you are full of the Spirit of God, hallelujah, and because he is alive in you, praise God, that you have power and authority to speak to devils, hallelujah, and they will flee. How many want to have power to, to, to tell the devil to go? Okay, let me ask again. How many have the power to tell the devil to go? Amen. amen. You know, sometimes we just have to act like a crazy man in the middle of the road. Amen. I tell the devil all the time, devil, you get away from me right now. Amen. I love it when, when these people call themselves Christians and I see them doing something they shouldn't be doing. I love to confront them. Now, I'm not saying to be ugly. I'm just saying I love to just, you know, hey, aren't you supposed to be a man of God? We were in Costa Rica pastoring the church there, and my wife and I were on a bus one day going across town, and this man would get on the bus, and he would preach, and he had his Bible. And this man had such a powerful anointing in his life. He would preach a, a message of conviction and have people to a point of, of really just turning to God. And you know, anytime you see someone like that in a bus, you automatically think this person's crazy. They just want money. They're just going to take their hat off and come through the aisles and collect money. That's what they do in a foreign country. And one day we're on this bus and, and this guy, he's preaching and he's, he's giving it to a man. He's, he's preaching a good word and people are convicted. And this beautiful woman walked into the bus and he, and, and he turns around and he goes, wow. And he's checking her out and he says, now you know there's a God. Can you imagine that? And, and, and here we are standing there thinking to ourselves, you know, I'm either going to knock this dude out of the bus uh, or I'm going to give him a dose of the Holy Ghost real quick. But, but, you know, there's something we have to do as a man and woman of God to stand up for who God really is. We're not here to play games with God. We're not here to, to, to write a book to say how to serve God. Listen, it's very simple. The instructions to live for God are right here in this very simple book. You said, well, pastor, I have a hard time reading the book. No, I'm going to tell you what my pastor told me years ago. He said, you don't have a hard time understanding the book. He says, you just don't read it. Let that one bounce around for a few minutes. He says, it's not that you don't understand it. He says, but you just don't read it. And I was thinking to myself, well, how's he know? How's he know what I do? You know, just like the rest of everybody, the chest gets all puffed up. And how does he know I'm the most spiritual man I know? How does he know I don't read the word of God? Well, I'll tell you how he knows, because it's in your attitude. I'll tell you how he knows, because it's in the way you talk. It's in the way you act. It's in the way you trust. It's in the way that you believe. It's in the lack of faith that you have, whether you read the word of God or not. Now, let me tell you something. I'm reading these powerful scriptures tonight on, on trusting and believing and knowing who God is and his power thereof. But just knowing the scripture isn't going to get you there. There's more involved. You've got to apply it to your life and you've got to absorb it and you've got to live it. Amen. Jeremiah 5.14 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. Now, now understand, take just a moment to understand this, this verse right here. He said that the words would be like fire, and the people would be like wood. Well, what does fire do to wood? I mean, you get to thinking about this, and, and then it says, it shall devour them. 
We're talking about the word of God here. This is what we're talking about. I'm ministering on God's word, the power of his word. It's not to be something just to... Now listen, I understand. Pastor preached on this this week and I'm not, I'm not preaching something contrary to what he ministered on because it's so truthful what he said and what he ministered. But there is a time when, when in this last day generation when we have to stand up for what we believe. I'm not talking about going out there and being rude and ugly to people and tell them they're going to hell. I'm not talking about that. That's not what we do. We love people. We encourage them. We strengthen them. I'm sure when you walked in this place tonight, you felt the love of God. People just loved you and encouraged you and strengthened you. But there comes a time in our lives when we have to stand up against sin. Where we have to take authority against sin and stand up for what God's word says. Because that fire will burn us. Amen. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, it's not my word. Uh, it, it, it's, it said, is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is God's word he's talking about. That's a destruction. Then, you know, you hit something with a hammer, you're hurting it. You're putting a pretty good hurt, hurting on something. Amen. Jeremiah 29, it says this, 20 verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. It was shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Amen. I couldn't hold back. It's like when you see Jesse stand up here and say he was a meth addict for 20 years. Man, I'm telling you something. There's something in that man that is not going to look back. Amen. There's something that's burning down inside of him that has a compassion for souls that are lost in this world. And if we were wise people in this place today, we would grab onto him and say, Jesse, what is it that you do? What are you, what are you doing? I know for a fact that Jesse reads his Bible. I took Jesse's Bible one day and I had to use it for a service to open up. I forgot my Bible in the car. Or I don't know what I did. Showed up like some of y'all people without a Bible to church one day. And I said, Jesse, can I borrow your Bible? He says, yeah. He says, he says I got papers all over the place in there. He said, I'm sorry. I said, no, don't worry about it. I'll just, I said, you know what? I'll use one of your good ones on there. <laughs> and I, so I just went through his Bible for a few minutes and I'm telling you what, I found a great scripture. He had his Bible lit up, man. I'm telling you, it was red, pink, green, orange, and all the colors were there. There were sticky notes in there. There was all kinds of handwritten notes and I was like, praise God, I got an opening of a service right here. Hallelujah. So if you ever see me borrow Jesse's Bibles, because he's already ready, amen. Hallelujah. That's what I want. I want to be around people who have a fire. I want to be around people who have zeal. Somebody who's addicted to God and not addicted to the things of this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is a seed that can be sown. Matthew chapter 13 verse 18 through 23 is the parable of the sower. And I want to read that. It says, uh, verse, chapter 13, verse 18. Have we, do you have 18 there? There it is. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That means right there, just keep it right there. That what that's saying there is when, when we know the truth of God, when someone's told us the truth and it's there and we've already heard it and the conviction of God is dealing with our hearts and we don't obey it, then the devil comes in and he begins to, he becomes to, he begins to hit you in the area where you, are, where you are most tempted, where you are weakest in your life. 
Maybe it's music. Maybe it's the rap crap you listen to. Maybe it's, uh, and I'm not sorry for saying that because that's what it is. I call it rap crap, amen? That's what, it ain't got nothing good to help you. It's not going to encourage you. It's not even going to help you dance because some of you that don't that listen to it, you don't even know how to dance. Hallelujah. And I'm just chasing one right there, but I'm telling you to understand what we're listening to. We need to know what we're, who we're talking to. You need to know who your kids are talking to. My kid, son Carson, he's the last one in the house. Poor guy, he gets bored to death living with two old people. <laughs> Comes downstairs sometimes, just stands in my bedroom door and just looks at me. I'm like, son, you all right? He says, yeah. He says, you all right, dad? I'm saying, yeah, I'm in my bed. I'm doing real good. <laughs> but, you know, I'm standing at the bottom of those stairs listening to who he's talking to on that video game. I'm listening to... These little homers in the church that are his buddies. Meme. Where's the other hometown at? Eric, there he is over there, yeah. Trying to be slick, hiding, hiding behind that hair, hair dude next to you. Praise God. Who else is it? Who's the other hometown? Jo- jo- uh, Jacob, where's Jacob at? Oh, he, I called him out. He's, in the, he's, he's take care of business, amen. I'm listening to these young men talk. I want to know what they're talking about, who they're talking about. Amen? I want to know what's going on. Is it some stranger who's a violator on the other side trying to take control of my child's life? You say, oh, that ain't going to happen to me. We go to church every Sunday morning. We go to church every Wednesday night. We're, we're in the house of God. There's no way the enemy can come against us. I got news for you. If you do not know how to fight, the devil does know how to fight. Amen. He will come against you. He will take you down. He will come at you like a, like a, like a thief in the night. Just like our Lord and Savior is coming back for us one night. Amen. The devil's real. And we need to understand that. I'm going to get off of that. Let's, let's keep going. Amen comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That's what the devil will do. He'll come take that blessing right away from you. You say, oh, I'm the most blessed person. Well, listen, if we don't serve God, that devil will come in and take your blessing away. This is he who received seed by the, white, by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this, of this world and the, and, the, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. In verse 23, but he who received seed on... The good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. I'm telling you, what a powerful scripture. You know, God has it already laid out for us. All we got to do is follow it. It's, it's, like, it's like the best war plan you can ever imagine. He just says, here, here it is. You go ahead and just live it and just watch and see what I do in your life. But see, many times we're making troubles and we're making things happen our own way. We want to push God. We want to push the circumstance. And, we, you know, we're out there looking for that tax check. And we're all, you know, spending the tax check before it even comes. Tax check, yeah. Spending the tax check before it even comes in. Amen? 
We can't live our life like that. We've got to understand that what, what God gives us, we have to be faithful in our first fruits and bless Him. Glory to God. There's nothing better than blessing God. Amen? You cannot outgive God. Hallelujah. He's got a lot of money. Amen? So, in verse 19, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, Jesus described the seed as being the word. And it was sown in the hearts of people by speaking. And it was, it was sown in the heart of people by preaching and also by the teachings that came from, from godly people. Amen. Amen. From God himself he spoke and he taught and he preached. And, and all these different things happened. See, it cannot fail in what it has been sent for. Isaiah 55, 11, it says, so, so shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me, uh, return to me void, but it shall accomplish wh what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. You see, all of these scriptures deal with the word of God, but in the context of speaking or proclaiming. It's speaking or proclaiming, amen? It's, it's standing on the rooftop and just telling the truth. It's like if you're ever confronted, you do something wrong. Kiddos, I want you to listen to this. Don't lie. Tell the truth. Just stand on the truth. The truth is, yes, I did this and I messed up. I'm sorry. Now, it's not an escape to get out of trouble. You're still going to get in trouble, amen? You're still going to get a belt. Glory to God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good, amen? It's going to be fun for just a minute. But you're going to learn something from it. You're going to be blessed and understand that God is going, to, is going to help you through this. And later in life, you're going to understand that, hey, I listened. I did well because I listened. Because I took instruction. Because I, I was teachable. Amen. But it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. Amen. If it's down in your soul, it's going to come out of your mouth. If it's in your heart, I'm telling you, the Bible says what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And whatever's in our heart, you know, if it's, man, I'm tired of being poor. I'm tired of this. Uh, oh, he's uh, stupid. He's this. He's that. You know, all the negativity that we hear in this world today. You go into grocery stores, you go into, I, I was listening to, somebody sent me a video, I think it was one of these Tickle Talks, and they sent me this thing, and it said, it, it has this guy, and he's yelling in a restaurant, he's like, oh my goodness, this is so good. No, he wasn't saying it was good, he was, he was mad. He was telling everybody, I want to know who made this food. And he's, and he's yelling, he's, he's screaming, and he's making a big old scene, and everybody in the restaurant is scared to death of this guy. And he's saying, who made this? And the bosses come out and everybody comes out and, and some of the ladies that work there are crying and, and they're coming out to this guy and he's, he's, he's screaming it. Where is the person who made this? And finally he had to tell, I want to give this woman a tip because this is the best food I've ever had in my life. Amen? But this man made a scene and he made a scene over a plate of food. Over a plate of food. They're making scenes. And we can't even make a scene in a restaurant giving somebody a track, like Pastor says. Just hand somebody a track and say, I'd like to invite you to come to my church. Well, why would you like me to come to your church? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Glory to God. You see, people like me that love to talk and people like me that go over my time limit preaching and people like me that give you 400 scriptures for a, for a sermon, I tell you what, let me just tell you this. The whole computer 
everybody that works back there on that computer just laughed. Did you hear that? <laughs> All it is is simply what's in your heart. You just share it with somebody. You say, listen, I don't really have the words to say to you, but I can see that you're going through something. Everybody's going through something in life. Matter of fact, everybody in this church right now, everyone online right now watching this service, we are all going through something in our life. We're praying for a loved one. We're hurting for somebody. We're carrying burdens that, that we need to carry for people. But God is here to give us strength. He's here to help us. And he's here to use us as a vessel to share the simple gospel. Hallelujah. You know, I like the attitude that when you show up, they know who you are. And hey, you better get out of his way. He's coming through. Just like down there at the hospital one night, I went down to pray, and they said, no, we, we can't have no visitors in here. I said, the Holy Ghost sent me, and I walked right past everybody and went right to the room to pray. You're not going to stop me in the hospital. I'm not, I, you're, I mean, I, I understand rules and regulations and sickness and all this and that. I, I, I obey all that. I understand it. But listen, when the Lord sends me to pray for somebody who's fighting for their life, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, you're not going to stop me. I'm going in. Amen? Don't be calling me at 3 o'clock in the morning telling me to come pray for you. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'll come. I'll be there for you. I promise. Amen? Praise God. Proclaiming God's word to people. But not only that, you need to proclaim the word of God to the devil. Tell the devil and, and, and to your situation. Instead of lifting up your situation, oh, I'm bound by this, or I'm this, or I'm that, or I can't handle this, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it all because God's going to give me power because I've been equipped. Hallelujah, amen. Glory to God. So proclaim God's word to people, ourselves, and to others around us. Another for, another, it, it, for people to get saved, guess what? We got to preach the gospel. We have to open our mouths. We have to tell someone about Jesus. See, if we want to see someone get saved, we can pray for them, which is amazing. It's awesome. It's great. But at some point, uh, they have to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a simple gospel. Jesus died for your sins. Well, you know what? That'll stump them right there. That, that's enough to just stump anybody. What do you mean Jesus died? Someone that doesn't know, they're going to ask you questions. Jesus died for me? Who am I? And you could just simply say, you know, that's the point that, uh, you know, he died for me. If, if God can save me, God can save anybody. And I mean that when I say it. If God can save me, God can save anybody. You know, I, I'm going to embarrass you, Elena. I'm sorry. My niece... It's not really embarrassing because it's, it's a story that changed, that changed my life, and I've shared this here at this church before. And it, I, I mentioned it to Pastor Joss last night as we were, uh, we, we actually caught them eating ice cream really late last night. We were driving by Brahms, and I, Deonza said, let's go get some milk. And I said, okay, we pulled in there. And I saw Braden and Joelle's car in there, and I, and I said, wait a minute, who's, who's in there sitting next to them? And, of course, it was Pastor Josh. He loves those banana splits over at Brahms, so you guys... Be careful, amen. Don't shout me down now, amen. But years ago, when God began to do the miracle in my life, when he began to bring me back to the kingdom of God, the story that I told where Pastor Paul, my best friend, he came to my house. I hadn't seen him in so long. I mean, I had been away from God and running and just, chase, just, just chasing the things of, of the world. And Pastor Paul 
he shows up in my house and didn't really even know where I lived, but knocked on a window on the side road as, as you drive into the complex I lived in. My windows were right there, and he knocked on that window until I opened it up. And I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed. I, I, was, I, was, I looked out that window. I, I cracked the curtain a little bit, and I could see who it was. He's standing there. And I was so ashamed to open. I had people in the house with me and, and, and you know, alcohol and, and all this stupid stuff that we let the devil torment us with. And, and I was so embarrassed and so ashamed. But the, the, the conviction of God just began to touch me. And I was already at a point in my life where God was stirring with me and God was dealing with my heart and, and really, really convicting me for the lifestyle that I was living. See, it was more than just getting saved, but it was the lifestyle that I was living. Because it might surprise you for a moment, but there are people in the church who will have sin in their lives and still come to church like nothing's wrong. And I was one of those. I would go to the church and, and I would visit and I would wink at that beautiful girl way back there, my wife. And I'd just look at her, even though she had boyfriends and, and all that good stuff, I still would wink at her. And I'd look at her, you're going to be mine one day, girl. <laughs> then I had to beat all them boys up off of her. Amen. Glory to God. And I got her. But that day when Pastor Paul came into that neighborhood and knocked on my window, I opened up that curtain and I slid that big window wide open like this. And he began, he, all he could say to me, he says, Just look what I have right here in my arms. And I saw that little girl, she was a little baby, and I still have the picture, I just cherish it. Because it's such an amazing day of my life where God began to turn my life around. I thought to myself, how can this man, he says, he says do you have your motorcycle still? I said, yeah. He says, where's the keys? I said, well, they're inside the house somewhere. And I closed the curtains. He said, go get them. I closed the curtains and the window back up because I didn't want him looking in. Grabbed the keys, handed them to him at the window, and he goes and gets on my bike. He hands Elena to me, puts her in my arms, and I'm in my apartment. He hands her through the glass in, into my house to me, and he goes over and gets on my motorcycle, starts it up, and drives off, goes around the block. Now, to me, that was, he was gone for like five hours. I mean, I see one, I mean, I think it was a long time. It was really probably two minutes because he didn't trust me, really. <laughs> but he trusted me enough to put her in my arms and you know what it was more than just two minutes he left her with me and that to me that did something to my life it said you know no matter how dirty and how rotten I'm living my life right now this man loved me for who I was he encouraged me in the greatest way that I could ever be encouraged because it wasn't about how I was living my life at the time is that he knew who I was he knew what was rooted in my life from growing up in the church from the age of eight years old when I gave my life to the Lord. Him and I, we were best friends ever since growing up all these years. And even today, we, we call each other and we can talk about things that, that no one even knows about because we, we were just there together. And it, it was a life-changing experience for me. It just, it rocked my world. And from that moment, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. And I said, you know what, God? You know, if somebody could love me like this, I can understand God's love for me now. I can understand it. And you know, sometimes we have to get a situation or something that happens in our life to help us understand where we're at in life. It was like a little slap in the face to me. It's like, hello, wake up. Do you realize the goodness of God that, that's all around you? Do you realize the inheritance and, the, and the, the things of God that are all around you? 
And I began to think about the goodness of God. And I said, wow, what am I doing here with these people that are just dragging me down? And, and let me tell you, young people, it's never you. It's always somebody else that's in your life that's dragging you down. And we need to realize that and say, you know what? I'm not going to hang around these people that are bringing me down. I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to be the influencer, not the influenced. Hallelujah. And that day, Pastor Paul, he told me when he left that place, he said, I want to leave you, he said, with an illustration. He said, you and I are on a boat. He says, but you're not on my boat. You're on your boat, and I'm on my boat. He says, we're in a lake, and we're, we're in this lake, and we're far out, and, and, and the waves just start picking up. And he says, your boat has sprung a leak. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. He says, you, you know, I, I know I feel that you still love God. And he began to just really convict me by the way he was talking to me. But it wasn't condemning. It was loving. He says, and your boat has sprung a leak. He said, and your boat is sinking. And I'm standing in my boat right next to you. And I got my hand extended to you to help you. He says, why won't you get over into my boat? He says, because if you stay in your boat, you're going to sink. And you're going to die. Ha, <laughs> ha. Mama didn't raise no dummy. I said, I want to live. I want to live. And, and it, that story just touched my life, and it just it changed me forever. And, and I'm telling you something, what is in me has to come out. I don't care what it sounds like. People laugh at me all the time. I love it when you laugh at me. It's great. I got your attention. I'm ready to preach to you. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what it's all about. Make a fool of yourself for Jesus Christ. Did I get through at least half of those verses? Oh, Claudia, I, I could keep going, but I'll tell you what. Well, she has, oh, here she comes. She's coming on up there. Praise God. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what I did that night when he left my apartment. I got on my knees and I called on the name of the Lord. But you know what I did before that? I told everybody in that apartment to get out. I said, everybody go and take your garbage with you. Take it all. Get it out of my house because I'm done with it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not living my life like this anymore. And I, 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 I craved this Romans 10, 13, and 14. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without that man coming and knocking on your window? How can they hear without uh, you going to the restaurant on a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night, and sharing the simple gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody? You know, God has so much for every single one of us in this place. He wants to use you. He wants to be there for you. I, I'm telling you what, Joshua, sitting right here, Joshua, lift your hand up if you would. Him and Yoshi, they're sitting there. He just lost his sister. We've been praying for Lydia. And God did the greatest miracle ever. He took her home. But while Joshua was suffering, while Yoshi was suffering, while he was at the hospital praying, she was at home praying. While she was at the hospital praying, he was at home praying. He was in the car. They were in the car. They were praying, 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 praying. I'm telling you what, calling on the name of the Lord. But what was inside of them came out everywhere they went. In the Starbucks, sitting in the van, talking to people in the waiting room. Those doctors, let me tell you something. God is not dumb. He is very smart. 
We can't think of God as, some people look at God as a statue. They look at God as, as a, a necklace or a cross or a tattoo on their body. Let me tell you something. He is real. And he's alive. And he's alive in us is what the scriptures are telling us. That he needs to be alive in us. He needs to be so uh, uh, visible in who we are. That no matter what trial you're going through in your life, it can be at someone's deathbed. That God would still give you the strength. That he would give you the peace of mind to understand who he is. To be able to minister it to somebody else. My brother-in-law, Ben Jones, Pastor Ben, he's amazing. His son, at six months old, six months old, was battling a, an illness and the doctor said he's going to die. He's up at the Denver Children's Hospital. This was years ago and he's, and Jason would be how old now? Dion said, you know, 18, 19, somewhere in there. That long ago, Pastor Ben is in that children's hospital while his son is dying with a report from the doctors that your son is going to die. Mama's in there holding his hand. Papas and nannies and cousins and uncles and aunts. We're, we're, we're just, I mean, loving this kid, praying and praying, God, God, help us. And we turn around, uh, where, where's, where's Ben? Oh, we go out and ask the nurses, where's Ben? They say, oh, he's, he's three or four rooms down praying over somebody. He, this kid's losing his own child in a hospital. But because what is alive in him, what is festered up in his spirit, He's down the hall praying for someone else's family who suffered. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Those doctors said we learned how to pray. We learned how to have faith. It was a new faith. They said we didn't know what faith was until we seen this man praying for these other families. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be different. Different than the rest. I don't know the, I don't know the other churches. I, I don't care what they're like. I, you know, I'm tired of fighting them. I'm tired of calling these pastors up and telling them, quit drinking and quit doing this and quit doing that. I'm tired of it. All I care about is what we got right here. Our flock right here. Pastor and I, I'm telling you what, Pastor, he loves you. And, 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 and we love you. And, and our job is to lead you and guide you and direct you in the right ways. And I know we can't all be like Pastor. I know that. We're not all like him. I'm not, you can't be like me. He, he can't be like me. I can't be like him. But I tell you what we can do is stand together and fight this fight. And, 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 and to be honest with you, right now is the time we need to rise up and start fighting. Because this world is coming to an end. And God is going to manifest his power. And I want to be a part of that. Hallelujah. Man, if you could bow your heads this evening in reverence to the Lord and prayer. Praise God. I know for a fact that there's many of us in this place tonight. You know God's word. You know who he is and what he's done for you. And all the goodness of God in your life. But maybe you're not living it. Maybe it's not alive in you. There's no power in your life because you've fallen away from the things of God. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to lift you up, to bring you to a place where you know that heaven is going to be your home. 
no matter what trial you're in, whatever circumstance you're going through in your life today, but to know that, you know, if, if something happened to me today, that I, I, I want to go to heaven. I want to make a call right now for those, all of us in this place today. You're here. You're in this service. You've listened to the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight as He's ministered to all of us. And you say, Pastor, I want to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. But tonight, I want to be right with God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Put it up and put it right back down. I promise. Amen. I see these hands. I see these hands. Praise God. How many more all over this place? Be honest with God. Just say, Lord, I'm not right with you. I'm not the chief of all sinners, Lord, but I'm not right. And I want to be saved. Amen. I see these hands. Praise God. How many more all over this place? Front to back, left to right. You're here. You say, Pastor, I am not, uh, I'm not doing the things I need to be doing with God. I've, I've not shared my faith with anybody. I've, I haven't uh, stepped up to the plate. How many can be honest and say that you haven't done your part in that area? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Listen, you're not raising your hand to me. You're, you're, you're lifting your hand to the Lord saying, Lord, I surrender to you. I, I need help, God. I want you to strengthen and encourage me. How many all over this place? You say, I want to be a better witnesser. I want, to, I want to love people. I want to encourage people. I want to share the testimony that God has given me with others. Just lift your hand up to the Lord this evening. I want to pray for you tonight. Amen. Praise God. Before we go any further, we're going to worship the Lord. Stand to your feet if you would this evening. I want to pray a prayer. If you lifted your hand for salvation tonight, I want you just to do one more thing. There's something powerful in making a stance and saying, you know what, I want to do this and I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I want to ask you to do one more thing. Just come right down here to the front. I want to pray for you. Please don't be embarrassed. There was a couple hands back here, right back here. Just come on up. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Come on. Yes. Ma'am, come on up. I want to pray for you, if that's okay. Praise God. Just stand right here. We got some leaders coming down. They're going to pray with you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this right here is the life-changing experience that we preach about. It's when you say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm tired of letting me mess things up. We've all been there. We're, we're, we're all there on a daily basis. We, we repent. That's what we do. We repent of our sin, and we turn away from the wicked things of this world. We all fight the flesh. We was all born sinners. The pastor relates to, to back here in this nursery back here where they were born sinners back there. Amen, those kids. But you know what? We have to come out of that. We have to surrender. And, and the way we surrender tonight is by saying, Lord, I want to give you my life today. We're not, this isn't a cult. This isn't, uh, you know, religion. This is a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is a place right here where you can worship God freely. And you're taught the word of God. We minister the word of God in this place. And we will help you through every trial that you've been going through. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you guys believe that? Amen. I want to pray for you. If you're online watching tonight, I want you to pray this prayer with us. Just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. Make yourself real to me, Lord. I surrender right now. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life and change me. Take out this hardened heart and give me a heart of love and a soft heart. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, 
for setting me free, for breaking every bondage of sin in my life. And from this day forward, I will serve you. I will live for you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Stay right here for just a few moments. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.